Life and Ball Podcast. We're back. Um, it's ha- hasn't been that long, but uh, I think today was a very important day for an episode. Um, a lot's happened. A lot has transpired in the NBA and just across all sports worlds to begin with. Um, a lot of NFL, um, a lot of uh, politics, a lot of just a lot of a lot. So I think it's uh, well due of, for an episode. What do you think? Uh, I think it's definitely time for an episode, man. Yeah, well, I like that answer. Stamps in the description so you guys can follow along with us. Also, I'm going to be talking about Trump and sports and how there's a relationship there that people don't like. And then um, at the end of it, we're going to have my favorite conversation the shitty Eastern Conference All Star that now is impossible <laughs> to avoid, which um, kind of leads into the whole All Star game revision or a, a conference revision. I feel like All Star would be a great point to start. But, um, where we're going to start this off is the Carmelo Anthony trade. Um, so Carmelo Anthony got traded. He waived a no trade clause for the Cavs and to the Thunder. And now we're hearing um, news that he, uh, the New York didn't want to trade Carmelo to a Western uh, Eastern Conference team. So that's a load of crap. Um, I just don't think they wanted to let people know that they could have got a better package from uh, Cleveland. But what they essentially got for Carmelo was uh, Ennis Cantor, Doug McDermott, and a first-round pick. Uh, and now the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder own Carmelo Anthony. Well, not own, but acquired. So what do you think about all that? Uh, I think it's a good deal for the Thunder, of course. They're trying to put pieces around around Russell Westbrook in order for them to compete uh, in the Western Conference. I guess we got to look at it, obviously, from two different perspectives, the Knicks and the Thunder. So for the Thunder, you get Melo. Um, yeah, how's the fit? And, how's the fit? Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's it's interesting because I guess you get a guy who's pretty much guaranteed to to put up, at, let's say, at least 20 a night. We all know Carmelo Anthony can have his games where he goes for 30, 40 points, but he'll give you a solid 20 points a game no matter what at the three or four position. But what re- what re- I think the, the best part from a basketball perspective about this deal is that the Thunder now have uh, a three and a four who both guys are dudes that can stretch the floor, can score inside out, uh, can score in different ways, but you got... You got PG who can, who's probably more of a facilitator and the ball handler, and Melo who's more of like the scorer who can who can kind of get you points from really anywhere on the court. So it's a good dynamic in that sense. My, I mean, my big concern is that all three guys ultimately need the ball in their hands, man. Like every single one of them, and um, it, it's it, the scary. most interesting part is that. Yeah, it's, it's scary, man. And the most interesting part is that literally all three of them in like on their respective teams in the last you know, five, six years have either been the one or one A guy 
on yeah. their team. No one's right? been a two even. Yeah, not even a number two. They've been the alpha male for the better part of at least I think, four or five I think, years. I think what's astonishing is that uh, what Russell Westbrook has experienced being the number two guy the most on this team. Exactly, and the, the weirdest part is that now he's without question among among all three of them the best player as far as so what he can the, bring. To the, table. the relationship there with so who's going to be our primary, secondary, third is a very that's, interesting question. Yep, and, that's and the conundrum. You know that the Warriors do this perfectly, so that's what makes the Warriors the Warriors. So it's interesting to see mm-hmm. how, how the Thunder are going to take care of this. Um, I have their depth chart in front of me, so we can just kind of see if they fit. Just me, my like screaming out their players. So at Russell, I mean not Russell. I'm re- I was about to say their their point guards, and I just like that's all they really have. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, I mean they do have a a backup. What was his name? Samaj uh, Christian. Samaj but Samaj we all know not, he's. But they signed he, Raymond Felton. Okay, did they? Yeah, Loki, Loki. Oh, well, what's a Loki signing? All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not shooting guard. They're, they're criminal at saying Andre Roberson's a shooting yeah, guard. Rober- but, Shrey uh, Roberson. What yeah. like the. The, the human disaster as far as a jump shot. I don't even want the word. I know it's not. I know uh, people take too much context in how positions are worded with like point guard, shooting guard. And people think, oh, he's a shooting guard, but I can't shoot. But I don't even want the word shooting associated with <laughs> yeah. Andre Robertson. Yeah, we shouldn't even associate the shooting and shooting guard <laughs> like, with Andre Robertson because he's just a guard who, yeah. who cannot shoot. A, de- a mean, defensive uh, guard. That's all he is. So I'm actually going to put him in the forward spot. And I'm going to put him in the small forward spot. Are you cool with that? I'm cool with that. I'm cool okay, with that. I think it's more fair to put him there. So we have yeah, Russell Westbrook, Raymond Felton, Shamaz Christian, Alex Abrinas, Terrence Ferguson, all rounding out your guards. And at the forward position, which this is probably their deepest position, they have uh, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Andre Roberson, Patrick Patterson, Jeremy Grant, Kyle Singler, Nick Collison, and Josh Huestis, who I, I'm, I'm sorry if I butchered the last name. And at center, of course, they got Steven Adams and they signed uh, Dakari Johnson. I don't know if he's they, he, like, I don't know if Dakari is like a rookie or not. Uh, I don't think he's a rookie per se. I know that he declared for the draft, I think, uh, two years ago, yeah, but I don't I don't know if he, I, I'm pretty sure he might have been a second round pick. So I don't think no, he's he a was. rookie. He was a second round pick in 2015. I just don't want to, I'm not going to lie. I don't pay attention to, to like, I don't pay attention to guys within 350 to 450 range in the NBA. Understandable, yeah. So um, it's, it's an interesting depth chart. What do you think of it? Just off the top of your head. Uh, my first thought is that they really don't have much uh, bench depth. Yeah, <laughs> they don't have they don't have any marquee guys off the bench that they can uh, really uh, like have confidence in. Because um, you got you got Russell, and then you got George, who now I think has to play the two. And then you got Carmelo, and then you have Steven Adams at center, and you got Patrick Patterson. But the thing is that I actually like three of their players that they have off the bench. I like Alex Abrinas. He showed. Uh, yes. He actually showed some shooting touch in the. Definitely, Abrinas is good. Abrinas is a, he's actually a very good floor stretcher, and he's not bad defensively. Uh, he's actually pretty good for the Thunder. I definitely liked his you, his game last you year. You need for sure. guys like that. You just need guys exactly. who aren't willing to dribble but shoot. So Prefer, and, yeah, yeah, the the, the scrappy three uh, and D guy yeah. uh, in Arenas, who hopefully can become that. But yeah, definitely a great role player off the bench. And then we got Terrence Ferguson, who could like I know there's a it's a starred studded team, but sorry, I I I, I, uh, <laughs> I uh, what's it called? What do you call it? Uh, 
stuttered by saying stuttered. But, uh, <laughs> you start a star stuttered, star stutter team. Yeah, whatever the hell it is. But, but don't be surprised if Terrence Ferguson gets the minutes because there's not a lot of people who, once again, are willing to just shoot and not dribble. So Yeah, well, we saw – I mean, it wouldn't really shock me because we've seen rookies uh, – random, like, rookies have really, like, breakout unexpectedly good seasons in the midst of, like, super teams. Like, we saw Norris Cole in 2011-2012 with the Miami Heat have a couple really crazy games that were memorable in the regular season with some big performances playing with guys like LeBron, Wade, Bosch on the stretch. So, I mean, you, you, we have seen rookies in the past that were, like, not the highest picks, like, go crazy uh, on, on, on teams with star-studded talent. But again, yeah. T. Ferg, man, his his game is really like uh, low key. Ball, you well, know what I'm not, saying? Not a lot I mean, of people. Not a lot. No, I'm low key as in not a lot, not a lot of people are talking about him. Yeah, yeah, because I, I he he did make the decision to play in Australia as opposed to playing in college for a year, and his stock fell a bit. But yeah, I think he can turn some heads. But it's gonna be really hard with the guys on his team. Uh, we'll see though. He might we'll he see. may could have an impact, man. I, I, He'll learn. I'll I'll write him down for eight minutes a game. I I think he gets it. He can, he can work up to that mark. I mean, eight minutes is really low. Like that's that's like well, criminally. I, I'm just I'm just thinking that they're gonna play Andre Roberson a ton with Melo, Patterson, and George, and then I I I find that like there's this weird relationship with Kyle Singler that right. really Donovan has that he just plays him a lot. Not a lot. He's like, but yeah. You know what's weird about Kyle Singler? He doesn't play a lot. He just plays random games and a lot of minutes in those games. Yeah, and for, and and he's either like pretty effective or I feel like he's just complete garbage. Like he's not. Yeah. There's no in between. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent agreed. Um, I actually think his brother's better than him because I watched him in the his brother. He's got a brother. I don't like watch him, but like I watched some like uh, what's it called? Well, who's his brother though? Uh, T.J. Singler or something like that, or something oh, Singler. Really? Wow. Yeah, he, he oh, had he was in training camp with the Raptors. I saw some footage. He's a little bit. Did he go to Duke? Him. He didn't go to Duke, did he? I don't know, man. I don't pay attention oh. to these guys. Um, I know Kyle Singler's a Duke legend, but you're yeah. the you're the you know. The uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it's I don't think his brother went to Duke because I would have at least heard of his brother. Well, the thing is, this, okay, now with Carmelo on this team, um, what right. did you think about their Oklahoma of before? What did you think about the Oklahoma with Ennis Cantor and the Oklahoma with Doug McDermott? Do you think it was a more well-rounded team, or do you think this is a more well-rounded team? Uh, I mean, the acquisition uh, acquisition of Carmelo Anthony is something that definitely helps them. Uh, offensively, but again, well, you have, you have to look at who Oklahoma City gave up. They gave up Ennis Cantor, who, in my opinion, definitely had potential to be sixth man of the year. We know that he's a very explosive offensive rebounder, uh, rebounder period, and that he's very good for uh, quick buckets in a short period of time. He was really productive off the bench last year, um, and they also gave up Doug McDermott, who I guess was a decent floor stretcher, a pretty good shooter in the minutes that he played. Unfortunately, he could never really find a solid rhythm throughout the season, as well as a second round pick. I'm not going to lie. You give up those two things for Carmelo Anthony, who for his position is one of the best rebounders in the NBA, like by far at the small forward spot. And he's also, I mean, it's probably worth worth noting, but it's a really niche thing. But when it comes to like, like uh, a a ball off, like a miss, Melo is so good at, at timing his second jump. He's one of the best offensive rebounding small forwards in the league, I feel like. So, I mean, he's a very good rebounder is what I'm trying to say. He's not a good leaper, but he's a good timer. Yeah, he has really good timing for his second jump. So, he's a very good rebounder at the small forward position. And, again, we're talking about a guy who, when it comes to scorers, he's one of the most prolific in in the league. And then we got Russell and George on this team. Yeah, then you got Russell and George. But, I mean, I, I think the ends justify the means as far as what you're getting. Uh, for they need, the they need a backup up. center clearly because you have just Steven Adams yes. and none of these guys can play center like none of now, them. Now, 
I want to ask you, being a big uh, Raptors fan and a guy who's uh, experienced the, the the highs and lows of Patrick Patterson, how viable is this guy on this team as like a backup five? Like, like well, we think of that as a as a Patrick Patterson expert. Um, I'll tell you this about Patrick Patterson. What like? Okay, so there's like three types of Patrick Patterson. There's the regular Patterson. You're going to get threes. You're going to get some good defensive plays. Nothing more, mm-hmm. nothing less. Consistency. Mm-hmm. That's what he can bring to the table. Um, and then there's the really bad Patrick Patterson that I'm sorry that I'm butchering like words today. I'm slurring so much. But, uh, yeah, there's that really inconsistent Patrick Patterson that just bothers me man let me tell you something right now that i've seen that patrick patterson and he manifests himself in the worst possible situation when you have him on your fantasy team he was my last pick on my fantasy team last year and my god when this guy had games where he went all of six from three it hurts had two rebounds (laughs) that should hurt me man but like i'll I'll also say this though about patrick patterson um I, i do there's something a part of me that i'll look at an inconsistent player and i know that it's Sometimes in their head, it's not with Patrick Patterson. He's pretty even keel. It's more due to his skill, I find. It's what you, you don't get from him. Wow, you don't yeah. think it's in his head? No, it's not. Um, I, <laughs> because I, I, I've, I, I, I've seen a guy who's inconsistent, and it's in their head. It, it's like Terrence Ross. That's a that's a guy who can flat out ball, but just lets himself get in the way sometimes. I totally get what you're saying. And I think with Patrick Patterson, more to your point is that He's in a position where, you know, his situation is his role is like so fixed. So he knows what he's and expected he, to he do. He kind of went to a more fixed role. Like he, he left a, a good situation for a worse situation. He, he I, thought, I, I agree. I agree. You know what he was thinking? He was thinking, yo, this team has no shooting. I can shoot. I'll look great here. But then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, all these mans join up, and it's just, well. To be honest, when he made the decision, when he made the decision, it wasn't so bad. Yeah, like, when he when, went. He, when, when, when but now looking at it retroactively, he he's gonna go back and be like, bad decision, shouldn't have went to this team because Carmelo, Paul George, do what you do and better. Way yeah, better. And, and I still and I still think like the Thunder are gonna roll with Stephen Adams late in games because the skill set he brings to the table at the five is like really valuable, right? So. He's gonna be he he gang rebounds the ball. He's really good at finishing off pick and roll, uh, good hands around the rim, and he can actually pass out of well, like a pick and roll. Yeah, this is not so. this is not a Patrick Patterson. By the way, the final Patrick Patterson is the amazing Patrick Patterson that just shows up typically right, in yeah, small which, games. Which one's this one? Which typically, one's this one? Like, what does he okay, do? Like if you're playing the Phoenix Suns, this guy can just go lights out sometimes. Like yeah, five, like. <laughs> yeah, against that random team on the road that yeah. you like, you know, yeah. probably no, are favorite to win against. All so just, all, yeah. all inferior teams, you get to get you get a good Patrick Patterson. So uh, that's great for Oklahoma City. Moving forward, uh, we have to we have to think about the Thunder and how they made moves for the future. I know this wasn't a very this was a this this. Uh, the Thunder kind of said, yo, let's make our team worse against the field but better against the Warriors because it's not necessarily a let's get better move. It's more of a we need to compete with the Warriors move. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Because, I definitely would agree. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that 100%. Because 100%. You just have, you're stocking up on forwards that all can shoot and defend. And that's – you're just trying to – one thing, though, I don't like about it is that you're trying to fight fire with fire, and they found the best fire in the league. 
See, that's um, the problem with the Golden State Warriors. Like everybody was th- is thinking, okay, we gotta go small, we gotta go small, we gotta go small. But what these guys are doing, and 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 for the most part, we can't we can't forget that these these Warriors have really done it organically, right? They've drafted three of their four best players. They've they've developed their particular skills and, and skill sets that they have now. But I mean, kudos to the management at Golden State uh, for 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 understanding that guys like Clay, Steph Curry, and Draymond have these skill sets already when drafting them. All they that all they've know, done now. You know what bothers me? People, What's up? People, I'll, I'll, I'll attest to that because people who think that. It's the Kevin Durant Warriors that are so good. They forget that this team won seventy three games without Kevin Durant. Yeah, and they forget and the that, that they, they drafted him. Like people throw so much shade at Harrison Barnes because he doesn't have good finals appearances. But man, oh man, how about I tell you, Harrison Barnes in the regular season on that team was amazing. He was actually a really good uh, role, uh, fit for that system. Yo, listen, anybody in the starting lineup of a seventy three win team, yo. Don't put some respect on their name. Man, he was part of the infamous uh, uh, lineup of death, right? Before exactly. uh, Durant was there. They started, yeah, he was the, the small forward they started in this movement. Don't act like yeah. Durant started this movement. Yeah, he was part, He was a, a key member of the most efficient lineup in basketball for a good two years, right? So we, we can't, you can't forget to give Harrison Barnes his due yeah. justice. But Pe- what I'm saying is adding Kevin Durant to that mix was just an incredibly lethal move that has proven has has really like swayed the nba in terms of trying to match up with these dudes right so yeah oklahoma city has clearly made this move uh with thinking in mind yeah we got to beat the golden state warriors and we have to add i'll say this though clay clay thompson i'm gonna say is on par with paul george just on par if a guy can score 60 points as as far as value you mean as far as value for his team i'm talking yeah uh yeah in, in in the role that they play for their team yeah, and, yeah. As and, far as, and, as, far as production, because now you have to, you have, you also Bashir, you got to look at it as a, as a standpoint of we don't know what Clay looks like with a bunch of other guys, and he's the star. We know what Paul George Correct. looks like, so we're gonna skew towards Paul George in all all ways of being a better player. But when what on a stack team, I will say. They are equals, Clay and George. Well, I will say. Well, that. adversely, this is we're gonna see for the first time really, uh, what what it's gonna be like when Paul George is gonna play with like another top four or five player in the NBA at you know any position really because we so I think some people sometimes forget that PG came into the league not being the number one guy for a good year or two. He played behind uh, Danny Granger, who was the starting small forward and, and the number one option for Pacers when he was drafted. And the next year, he be he was the starting two guard. And then once Danny Granger got injured and he went to that small forward role, that's when he really took off and, and became an All NBA player and whatnot. So yeah. he he also had to pay his dues early on in his career. But yeah, but that was I, early I, I, on. Adversely compared to Clay Thompson, you know, uh, PG's been in the role of b- being the guy for a long time. And yeah, we're going to get to see this year how he's going to adjust uh, to being probably the number two option. Uh, and, and then to, 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 to even further this, I'm of the camp of Steph Curry is better than Russell Westbrook. I have always firmly believed that. I think 403s in a regular season is just in like, that's just some extraterrestrial shit. Like, you can't do that it's, and be a normal person. It's an unbelievable uh, feat, uh, for sure. I, I think that uh, Russell Westbrook's passing is overrated, and I think that he gets the ball every possession, and I feel like he strikes fear into teammates to shoot. Uh, so uh, um, I, I see what you're saying. 
Like, it's almost like a, I'm a shovel pass it to you, but you're not allowed to pass it to anybody else because I need this assist. That's well, the vibe I, mean, I get from I mean, I mean, last season, this was definitely the case and justifiably so. When when you look at the lack of talent that was on that team, I don't blame Russell for the way he played. But what people need to understand is that the, the two or three years prior to that, when Kevin Durant was on the team, Russell Westbrook steadily really improved his ability as a playmaking point guard. And his assist numbers were already really high. Um, but again, the efficiency as of last year dropped because Durant left. He really had to create for himself and everybody else every single possession. So that's a debate for another time. But going back to what I was saying about okay, 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 seeing how they're building, um, I think this could backfire because again, PG next year uh, when the season's done will be a free agent. If I'm not mistaken, Carmelo's deal is also up next year or is it the year after? Uh, he has a player option that he might not opt into because he could go for longer term money because he's 34 years old. He okay, might get so like he's, yeah. got, like he's he, got a player he's option. O- so he's owed 28 million next year, but he has a player option on it. I like he might. I don't know how long you have to exercise the option, but he might see what George and uh, Russell do because I know that Russell's extension is coming up to an end. So. Yeah, so all three of them are going to have to make some pretty long-term decisions. And for the Thunder, it's not the worst spot to be in, considering that the assets that they gave up over the last four or five months for these two players. And Paul George, they gave up, I believe it was Victor Oladipo, and maybe the, was it a the, 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 I like the, the George trade is just freaking robbery. The George trade, it was pennies on the dollar, ultimately. And for the Melo trade, they got a really good deal. So Oklahoma City didn't give up the craziest asset, assets, but they got two top a player in the top probably, you know, 15 in the NBA as well as so another player who's probably in the top 30, 35, right? Well, according to ESPN, the 64th best player. So <laughs> depends who you ask. But all I'm saying is that Oklahoma City, considering what they gave up, they got some pretty good assets in return and they'll be able to compete next year with the top level uh, teams in the Eastern, in the Western Conference. So yes, it was, a, it was a chess move to try to compete with the Warriors, but it was also a, a move that they knew would improve them right away and appeal to their superstar in Russell Westbrook. So it gives him incentive to re-sign. We'll have to see how the year plays out. But, but uh, yeah, but, but opinion, to, to, to finish move. my point, I'm of the camp of Clay and George are equals. Steph is better than Westbrook. And I do I do believe that Kevin Durant's a better player than Carmelo Anthony. I don't think anyone will tell me differently. I definitely then, won't be one of those I, people you I believe that just having Draymond Green cancels out everybody else. <laughs> Adams, Patterson, Grant, Singler, Abrinas. For like, yeah, it, it really does. I, I, it really I think does. that. So I, you're not being the Warriors. Um, Rockets are very interesting for you. I think the Spurs are so well coached. It's just, it's just the the Western Conference is just WWE. Bloodbath, man. Night, it's, it's a complete, so. it's a complete bloodbath. It makes the East look like a total joke. But I'm sure we're gonna get into that later on. Yeah, we are. So that ends that. I think Carmelo is going to be uh, – uh, by the way, gr- grade the Oklahoma City before and after. Uh, give him like a, a letter. Uh, okay, see, forgetting Paul George was actually really good. I like that no, deal. I would have given him – The 20 – the grade the, the 2017-18 and 2017-18 Thunder going in without Carmelo and go, and going without. So like grade them before oh, and so, after the – Okay, so without without Carmelo, I, I'd have given them like – A B plus. Mm. I'd have given them like as a team, I would rate them probably like a B, B, a B, a B. Okay, okay, a B. Okay. Going into the season with Carmelo, it probably levels them up to an A minus. I would have given them a B plus, and I would have given them now an A minus. So, I guess yeah, a little bit higher on the. Yeah, the, yeah, they they were pretty good even without him, but like with Carmelo, I think they got they got better for sure. Yeah. Um. Moving on. Um. So there were some really. Uh, uh, 
I, guys, you have to understand, we're Canadians, so every time something goes down in America, uh, I just, I kind of, it baffles me all the time. Because if I was ever, like, invited to go to Parliament to see Justin Trudeau, I would be there in a heartbeat. And, like, why not? Um, but in America, it's a little bit different. Uh, so Steph Curry wasn't, well, well the White House invited, uh, ch- they invite championship teams to meet the president. And uh, Steph Curry was on, I believe, with Rachel Nichols and somebody else uh, on the jump. And he was talking about how the team's going to have a vote, but his vote was going to be to not go. I guess Trump caught wind of that and then said, you're uninvited. And then LeBron fought back at, well, not fought back, but kind of clapped back at uh, Trump and said, you bum. Uh, and then the rest is just kind of obvious. Uh, he just yep. just said he took away his own invitation. Um, and then now, um, today's NFL, a bunch of players were locking hands, and a bunch of players were taking a knee. So where? Um, I just I, I'm I'm a sound off on this. I what? I do I do get the vibe that uh, as a black man myself, I do get the vibe that you know just people of minorities don't like Trump. And uh, I I don't think that uh, saying no, I'm not going to the White House is disrespecting your country. I think it's making a statement more along the lines of I respect this country, but I don't agree with go- what's what's who's the leader right now. And, and I think, I feel, yeah, that, I that like makes sense. Trump kind of took that out of context. And, but uh, I would never, ever, ever, ever. Um, I would never like defend Trump in any way. Like I don't like the guy at all. Um, but uh, I mean, what kind of hurt somebody say, "Yo, I'm not coming to the White House as your president"? <laughs> like, I just for, for one second. Yeah. So like, like you hit him with the Twitter fingers. But uh, but for the president to have Twitter fingers is insane. I know. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, I mean, this I mean, this president has has had has had Twitter fingers, man. He's notorious for the stuff that he's tweeted. Yeah, but what do you like? I just think it's kind of sad that they can't get along. I mean, I'll start off by saying that first of all, Donald Trump has been has he's made some really interesting uh, public decisions with the way he's addressed incredible, uh, inc- incredibly like shaking events that have happened within the U.S. and outside of the U.S. as well in the last couple months, to say the least. Um, the things that he said in regards to the protest that took place in Charlottesville, uh, North yeah, Carolina, yeah, that that was, that was pretty you know self-explanatory as far as who he sided with. Um, and he actually addressed it via Twitter and then had a press conference that was pretty uh, controversial as well, in, in which he stated that there, both sides were to blame. So um, the fact that, that you know, the, the, world, the defending NBA world champion Golden State Warriors have no want to visit the president, it, it, at the end of the day, it's really a representation of, of, of how they feel about his uh, – his conduct and how he and, and the values he's trying to introduce as a president. I mean, the, the man's actions have been pretty asinine, right? The even his like his campaign to get into the presidency was crazy. You know, promises yeah. of building a wall, separating America, the initial uh, ban he had as far as uh, uh, you know immigrants being deported back to their countries and things. His, he made his, own... his outlook on life is from a, a racist white man. To be, to be. I mean, that, yeah, that's putting it bluntly, and and, and he's had he's had so much because racial tones if, with if, the way well, he's interacted with the with the public, right? So, all this to say, 
you're gonna act a certain way. You're gonna you're gonna talk a certain way. You can't expect people uh, who predominantly in the NBA. Let's just face it. A lot of the world champions right now happen to be black folks, right? So actually, you know, I say, think. Wait one sec. Bogut left. Let me count. Uh, hey, That's listen, the majority of the Golden State Warriors are black right now, <laughs> yeah, which, 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 is, <laughs> which is which is why I'm saying, you know, you know, they might feel a way about the way Donald Trump interacts with, you know, the public. So all these decisions that Trump has made, I, I'm sure he's not surprised that they withdrew their invitation. And I don't think he's really hurt by it, really. I mean, I, no, I know that he got no, hyped. Of course he's hurt by it. Of course he's hurt by it. I don't know, Donald man. Trump I, is I, the king of butthurt. That he nah, is the king of butt hurt. If you're, if you're Trump, you th- he probably thinks to himself, you know what? They lost an opportunity to meet an amazing individual in Donald Trump. That's probably what he's thinking verbatim. So no, he, he, he's thinking, thinking off fuck, his why back. don't people like me? That's, you can't have a reply like that. And, and th- but, of course, he probably thinks like that. What am I saying? But like how deep, he, deep how down, you, he's, you, can't, you can't think about whether people like you or not. If you're going to be saying stuff like that to build a wall. But you know what the problem so, is? Both sides were but, to blame. But he doesn't. He you doesn't definitely like don't care about people. Certain, you, but wait, wait. What I'm, you gotta understand that he. I think he struggles with not being like he. He's looked at past presidents, that were even sometimes mixed reviews. George Bush, but still got love. You know, like if anybody, yeah. like if someone was invited to the White House, they would show up. You know, uh, right. so he thought. I guess he thought all of his haters would have to shut up because he is now the president but that's just mm-hmm. not going his way so he is definitely butthurt by this but yeah he probably does think oh you know you're lost haha ha. uh, it's just kind of sad to, to see from a like a outsider's perspective uh we i don't even think like it's very rare that countries like so established would have a problem like this for me like it's it's definitely sad man but donald trump is he's changing the he's changing the game as far as how the presidency has gone uh, compared to you know historic uh, events so this is also a change in historic events teams you know a tradition that has been happening i'm telling you man i was literally talking about this with kahi on the last podcast both on and off the court traditions in the nba are just being broken left and right and this is just that trend continuing teams not want to visit donald trump uh, and the president in the White House, it's just an indication of the fact that, hey, no trend is going to remain the same forever. Well, I do think that, um, man, uh, yeah, J- Trump can't even clean up his act. Did you see him at the U.N. summit? No, what happened? I, I didn't see I don't it. know. He was saying, like, he was breaking these deals with Iran and stuff like that. I don't know. And, like, man, this is the funniest picture ever. Uh, Zimbab- it's like the Zimbabwe <laughs> Senate's. Just like or whatever they're called, the government officials right. looking at him, and they're they're just like like looking at him in disgust. Like one <laughs> one has his hands on his head. Like like <laughs> there's a meme where they have like a comic bubble, and it's like yo, the world's gonna fucking end. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh my god! That. But you know, um, I what's sad for me uh, looking at this from an outsider outsider's perspective again is that i look at the nba and you say something there's so many people i got your backs you know and yeah. the nfl you do something people are gonna look the other way and, and and i think kaepernick's a great uh you know example of that because he took a knee and he can't get signed like i'm, I'm gonna give you the nba comparison of uh kaepernick okay Kaepernick mm-hmm. is like Corey Joseph saying, screw Ka- uh, screw USA, 
and nobody picking him up. Really? Yeah. Uh, that, can it's you, like that. Can you explain it a bit? Explain it a bit more because. So let's say the anthem came on and Corey Joseph's like, "Nah, I'm not. I'm not doing anything with this anthem." And then free agents, the like Raptors wave him, and and he'll he'll go he'll sign anyone for a minimum, and they say no. And there's players like Tyler Ennis out there. Yeah, that. Yeah, okay, I get what you're saying now. Yeah, you're right. It would be like very head scratching to see some of the players sign ahead of him. Is yeah, what you're saying. It's, it's just like that. So it's that that kind of makes me sad, but you know, hopefully they'll find a you know. I like I like sports, so I don't like it being affected by politics so much. I I just don't think uh, they. I just don't think it's the same. They're not in. Of course, they're in the same world, but I just like it when it's separated because it just puts a weird mood on sports. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Uh, I think ultimately that sports and politics, they're going to be intertwined forever. And I think that they should be intertwined because at the end of the day, you have to look at the national reach and, and, and just the effect that sports can have on people. This sports are the one is, is, is one of the few things on planet earth that can unite millions of people, regardless of race, class, color, and creed, right? Like you're talking about uh, a physical activity that millions of people love to watch basketball, soccer, or football, right? And when you have millions of people watching the same event at the same time around the world, whether it's boxing, MMA, tennis, uh, you, you can see the potential of a visual act on your television, uh, the, like the incredible potential it has to, to have an unbelievable impact on people, millions of people across society and just sparking a conversation, a simple act of Colin Kaepernick sitting down during the anthem or kneeling, excuse me, Look at look at the look at the unbelievable conversation it sparked in North America, right? So not only is it creating awareness of the problem, but it's it's creating it's creating it's creating action on the part of some places uh, across the United States, right? So I, I think it's I think they have to be intertwined, man, and 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 it has its place in sports just because of the reach of sports. It, they go hand in hand. How is the average Joe who has who let's say p- p- hypothetically does never listens to the news? never reads the newspaper, never goes online to check out what's going on, but does happen to watch uh, NFL every Sunday or does happen to check out NBA on like a Friday night during the regular season and he sees his favorite player take a knee during the national anthem on a nationally televised game on ESPN. He'll be like, oh, yo, what's uh, what's Dwayne Wade doing kneeling beside the bench during the anthem? Shouldn't he be standing with everybody else? Of course, the camera is going to notice Dwayne Wade kneeling. They're going to be like, okay, well, let's pan on D. Wade. The case of Colin Kaepernick. You know, 49ers are playing against the, uh, I don't know, the Giants or something in San Francisco. And you see um, uh, you see Colin Kaepernick kneeling. It's obviously going to get the attention of that of said average Joe. He'll be like, wait, what's going on? Why is, why is Colin kneeling? I don't understand. That individual who is so invested in Sunday, Sunday night football but does not ha- look at the news for anything else will then go on Google and he'll find out about the issue at hand, number one. He'll be like, oh, this is why he's kneeling. Okay, that makes sense. And number two, he'll make a somewhat informed mental decision on what Colin is doing. And who knows what kind of action that's going to drive. So because of the incredible reach and potential that sports has, sports has just to affect millions of people across the world uh, visually, I think, I think that they do have a place in sports. I, I think just from that perspective alone, you they have to it has to be included. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess it does. But you know, I think Yeah, I, I get your point too. Like at the end of the day, you you wanna watch your basketball in its purest form. You wanna see the game with no distractions, 
you know, may the best team win. You don't want to see anything from the from. I, I, maybe I totally understand maybe, what you're You know what? But that's very selfish of me to 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 want a, a, like a world like that. So, you know, we'll just move on from the topic. Uh, now that the the West is so loaded with stars, right, and that the East is so hungry for a new emerging power. Right. We are going to see... We are Okay, I'm going to have to sound off of it. We are going to see one of the worst all-stars pair or, or single of all time. Of all freaking time. Damn. There is a chance that Dennis Schroeder... There is a freaking chance that Dion Waiters... Okay? There's a chance... That Jason Tatum, which is by all means is a good player, but it's not your time, is going to be an all-star when you have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum in the East. This is mind-boggling. How could you even have a situation? If you could have a situation where Damian Lillard will not be an all-star, but Victor Oladipo has a chance to be one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, that's... you 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 got to look at your league and say there's a problem here. Let's fix it. Whether that's no more conference all stars and just an all star game with the top thirty respective teams, I mean respective uh, yeah respective players. But I was looking at something very interesting. The WNBA revised their uh, playoff format where the same conference team can meet up in the finals. And you know what that's done? That's that's created one of that's these actually groups. really cool. Yeah, so no longer will it be Cavs Warriors. It could be Spurs Warriors in the finals. It's just it's more like a tournament, um, and the tournaments generate the best finals. I think because mm-hmm. you have a situation where before in the past, I feel like the Chicago Fire or Sky Chicago Sky would play like the Minnesota Lynx, and like they just weren't on the same level. But now that right. you have the LA Sparks going up against the Minnesota Lynx, Lynx it's just created. One of like I watched all the game one today, and when mm. I tell you it was so lit, it was beyond lit. It was yeah, yeah. I it, saw you post that in the group chat. I saw that. I'm telling yo, yo, yo. I'll be straight with you. It was some of it's not the best basketball I've seen, but more, some of the most entertaining basketball I've ever seen because nice. there's okay, like literally one side, boom. I think um, LA Sparks are up twenty eight to two. 28 to 2, but the LA Sparks won on a buzzer beater. They were down one in the end. Like That's crazy. That's that, crazy. <laughs> that's that's crazy. There were like Heart six breaker. there were six like game winning shots. It was kinda like it was kinda like that Washington um Celtics game six almost. Oh my two. god. Yeah, that was wild. That was wild. And I get what you're saying. I noticed that um they had four of the past uh, this allowed more MVPs to be in the in the finals, even though that really wouldn't work in the NBA because LeBron has won so many in a row, but it had Sydney Fowles, Sylvia Fowles, sorry. It had yeah. Candace Parker, Maya Moore, and Neka Abumiang. I, I just got to say, it was really good. So you should, the NBA should take some aspects of that and apply it to the All-Star Games because that will start the conversation of conference realignment or uh, uh, just taking away the conferences as a whole. We don't yeah, need the conferences. It, it, 
Exactly. It has to be in reverse order. So the, the, the reason why the All-Star game is so bad due to Eastern Conference, Western Conference split is because there's the idea of conferences in general. If the NBA is to abolish conferences and to just have the top 16 teams play in the postseason, 1 to 16, you know, 1 plays 16 in round 1, 2 plays 15, so on and so forth, it would be a much uh, a much more even playing field you, because, again, you don't... you're talking about, you know, the East, the Eastern Conference champion playing the Western Conference champion and if that's going to happen every year, the Cavaliers are going to play the Warriors for like what the next two, three seasons, right? So, in a league where at the end of the, the at the end of the of the season for respective teams like the Rockets and the, and the Spurs and the, and not Thunder but uh, other top teams in the West, these teams legitimately have a claim on 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 Cleveland as far as being better better squads than them because they have better records in a more loaded conference, right? And just better head to head matchup often against teams in the Eastern Conference. So, at the end of the day. When you see teams like San Antonio Spurs losing in the second round and the Rockets losing in the second round and, you know, the, the Thunder losing in the second or third round, teams that have chances to be in the NBA Finals. And then you see the Cavaliers and Le- whatever team LeBron on is on, excuse me, waltzing into the NBA Finals year after year with little to no competition. It's just it makes the league look like the parity is a problem and it it quite honestly looks like there's an imbalance to the outside viewer. So I agree with you. Conferences should be a thing that 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 at least should be modified so that, you know, at the end of the season, the top 16 teams play. But it would have to be sequential. So co- conferences would have to be abolished in the playoff stage. And I think down the line, they'll be changed for yeah. the All-Star. Because at the end of the day... I, I think in the reverse, actually. I think we should go smaller to bigger. So the biggest would be the regular season. And then the second biggest would be the playoffs, and the smallest would be the All Star. I mean, I mean, start it with the All Star. Just start I think the it problem there. there. The problem there is that with the All Star game at the end of the day is really just an exhibition, and all it is is it is, is a week long break for the players, but right? So it starts I, the conversation. I think, sorry, it starts the conversation. It does, like, it does. But the, the reason why I think you're gonna it has to kind of start with the playoff stage of things first, because once you hit the postseason and you're talking about teams, come okay. So records have been set, seedings have been set, right? But if you're to seed teams one through 16 based on the, the records that are, you know, existing. So let's say that this year, I think the Warriors won, what, 66 games it might have been that they won. They would have been number one seed. I I don't, off the top, I don't think the Cavaliers won more games than, than the Spurs or the Rockets, I, I kind of want to say. So the, the number two seed would have probably been the Spurs, three being the Rockets. And then the Eastern Conference teams would have slid in at some point, right? So... Yes, the Cavs might have been the number one team in the Eastern Conference for whatever that's worth. But as far as the top teams, uh, as, in terms of records go, they wouldn't the even be make top the finals three times. So in they, a row. they it, instead of playing, you know, in round two, instead of going up against uh, the Raptors, they they might go up against the Rockets or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so you have better matchups, better intra intra league matchups in round two, and you have like a true champion being determined. Later on in different stages, right? So and the, the, best, the perception of some teams would be different. But we'll just use the Raptors for example. Like they wouldn't be perceived to be as as a good team because they wouldn't have as much playoff success. I mean, then 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 really, so be it. The, the regular season is really just that. It's ultimately like I think that would make the regular season matter more. Actually, you know, you have yeah, you have more. the game. Yeah, teams would not throw you know throw away some games at the end of the regular season. Every single game counts. You know, players have less because incentive to, there, to there sit There would out. have been like what like a crit like like there was four five six teams at fifty one and thirty one, right? Yeah. Raptors. There was the Raptors, Cavs, uh, Jazz, and and the Clippers. Clippers was it? Clippers, I think. So that's four. Is that Clippers. four teams? So. 
All I'm saying is that games would matter more. And we talk about, like, the crazy tiebreakers that happen on the last couple days of the regular season in each conference. Imagine if it was league-wide, all the crazy implications that would happen in that last week. It It would would be insane, right? It would draft implications. Because, like, it would be, like, it would be insane. It would literally be It would be crazy, man. Every game would matter more in the regular season. Uh, players and would be would have would be harder. Tanking would yeah, just tanking be would harder. Be, tanking, would, tanking would be harder, and and teams have less incentives to sit their best players. So I don't know what the NBA is waiting for. I did hear about them thinking about reforming the playoff uh, uh, format, and I really hope it happens soon because I'm I along with many fans are getting tired of the Easter Conference just being the weaker conference in the NBA year after year. Uh, what if I tell you, Sam, when it comes to the NBA, like like when I watch NBA like nightly. I look for whatever teams are playing in the West first. Like, I don't care if it's 10.30 p.m. I don't care if it's, really? like, 9. Like, I'll be like, yo, I, I want to watch, like, the Blazers play against the Thunder or the Nuggets play against the Lakers. Like, that's more interesting to me than watching the Cavs play against the the goddamn Pacers. Well, the, brand, or, the brand of pass, basketball is just more fast-paced in the West. Yeah, I feel like the West, 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 the Western Conference games. I feel like they have, they're just they're faster paced. They, they have high scores. I don't know. Maybe it's just a personal thing, but the, the East has to step it up, man. It's been it's a disaster. It really is. It really is a disaster. They need to clean that shit up. Uh, the highest valued franchise is one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, you can't like you can't you can't be worth that much money and be that trash. I'm sorry. For that uh, long, like there's only really four teams in the East, and then it's just a crapshoot after that. Oh my Anybody god! Anybody can it's... win. You just roll some dice. Yeah, um, I, like, I wonder. I wonder fact, if Cleveland would be ten and twenty in the series. The, the, the East makes bad decisions as well. You had two guys. You had Jeremy Lin and you had Courtney Lee, who were on the Charlotte Hornets. Clearly, they had a lot of success with that three-guard rotation with Kemba Walker. And mm-hmm. then they just let them walk. And I knew that was the bread and butter of the team, the meats and the potatoes. Like, yeah. there's no way you get to that position again without those guys. But they just yep. threw them away, and they, they had a lot less depth. And that I'm team was good. You, that team, that team, was team with really a little good. bit of depth looks a lot better than a team without that depth. Just a little Tell bit you, more. Man, I like that Charlotte team, Batum, Marvin Williams playing the four. It was it a good, was a good team. team. It was a fun team to watch. And, and they, now they joined that Detroit, I don't know, Detroit, not Atlanta now, but like that. De- wow, yeah, that East Detroit so range, you know, the, 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 the Detroits of the world. The, uh, I mean, I can't even think of other teams out there. I don't even think they Milwaukee's that so nice. Uh, Milwaukee, they lost to Jabari for the season, at least most of the season. So we'll see how that turns out. But Giannis, I mean, they started playing better without him a little bit. We'll see if they're, I, I don't think they're going to be as good as people, people say they will too, because they don't have Jabari right. for, well, this podcast definitely ran, it ran like 12 minutes too long. So, uh, well, oh, that's L- life and ball podcast, um, coming at you guys. Yes, sir. Uh, I just want to let you guys know to, uh, wherever you're listening to this on. To do that whole like, comment, subscribe thing. For sure. Um, just like, like, just like support. Really appreciate that. Yeah, uh, yo. You got anything you want to shout out? You got anything you want to talk about before? Uh, we go? Fo- fo- follow us on our socials, yo. Follow. Uh, yeah. Oh, we follow- have an Instagram now. Yeah, yeah. Follow. I think it, I think it's at Life and Ball Pod. If I'm not mistaken. I don't know, but I mean, just include it in the description. You can follow our personal Twitters at at Samatar Hashi, at Bashmo underscore four, at S underscore Royal 12. Yeah, I'll uh, leave it in the description. And you can also follow us on Twitter. We, we, yeah. we do have Twitter where we tweet from, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you made it this far, I'll probably, let the, I'll probably take this and put it at the beginning of the podcast. Sounds so, good. Sounds good. All right, guys, take care. Take care.
Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for time. Have a good night, man.